Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Ravens at Falcons, Thursday night football. And the first game of the week is Marco's video best bet. Marco, what's your batters be looking at? This is the biggest game in Atlanta Falcons for the last 10 years. We're going to find out Thursday night if they're a pretender or a contender. I'm going to tell you they're the real deal, and I'll explain why in the video. So the pretender, contender, did you have that planned? Well, I mean, that's a phrase you use at this but time. did you of the have year. it planned? I had it planned, yeah. Did you, you do know. it in front of the mirror? No, I, I, I can so go. So yes planned, not no, in front of the mirror. No. All right. Would you go in front of the mirror with this mug? <laughs> I figured I'd take the shot before you did. <laughs> All right. So let me jump in right there because ESPN has Baltimore as the number one team with their most recent rankings. They have the Falcons number three. So if you listen to ESPN, the best team in the league against the third best team in the league. If you listen to Vegas, who Vegas has their rankings, Vegas says Baltimore is the eighth best team, so they're seven spots overrated. And they say Atlanta is the 13th best team, 10 spots overrated. So combined, 18 spots overrated amongst two teams. That may be the biggest margin of overratedness I've seen in any matchup this year. Because really each week, 10 or so spots is usually the highest anyone's off between Vegas and ESPN. So it really is interesting Vegas is saying Atlanta is a pretender, but you're seeing some really positive things. What is it that you're seeing that Vegas is missing? Well, first of all, this game obviously is being played in Atlanta Thursday night. Matt Ryan, since he's come to the Falcons, phenomenal stat I'm going to give you. 17-1 and straight up in the Georgia Dome. This guy, when he plays at home, he's on a different level. You've got Baltimore coming. And with the line being yeah, it's almost pick the winner, them. right. All right. Pick the winner. So we're going to look at that. You've got Baltimore. Now, when you said the, the stats there and, and how Vegas views them and, and how ESPN views them, I'm surprised at Baltimore. I'm not surprised that Vegas isn't giving Atlanta the, you know, the due like ESPN. But Baltimore's been a public team from pretty much the get-go this year. Now, remember, though, Vegas, when they do their rankings – are not saying this is what the line would be or this is public perception. We know public perception. That's the AP poll. That you know, Vegas is. That's what gets confusing sometimes. Is yes, there sometimes the line is going to be in between what Vegas believes to be the true line and the fair line, which we talk about sometimes. The true line is that line is going to split the results 50-50. Okay, a fair line is going to split the action 50-50. So let's say, for example, there's, uh, let's say we've got the Cowboys, and we'll be talking about them <laughs> in another video, is we have the Cowboys, and let's say they're overrated by three points. So maybe the true line in one of their games is going to be minus three, and maybe the fair line is going to be minus six. Vegas might put out four and a half. Because they don't always put out one or the other because they don't mind having a point and a half of cushion where, oh, everyone's going to want to play the Cowboys because they're getting 10 to 11 mm-hmm. instead of 11 to 10 what the betters have to lay. So, 
And, and that's a whole discussion, but specifically with the Vegas rankings, they're saying these are our power rankings. No consideration for split in action. We're trying to split results. And we're saying that on a neutral field, if all we wanted to do was pick the winner, there's seven teams that we would have favored over the Ravens. Now, does that, does that surprise you? Uh, I would put a few teams over top, but I don't think I would go seven over because Baltimore, they've done everything that they're supposed to do this year. They're six and two. Their two losses have come by a grand total of eight points this year. And that's going to be a key point when I bring something up later in this, why I get to the Atlanta side. They've also gone on the road and won a big game in Pittsburgh against what many people believe, you know, is the first or second best team in the NFL. Go ahead. Okay, well, I, I know mean, you... I, I mean, clearly they didn't have their quarterback. Well, they, did, they, they, they didn't have their quarterback. <laughs> and, and they were winning 59 and a half minutes of the game. I mean, <laughs> I, it's hard to look at that Baltimore win in Pittsburgh and, 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 and make that the case that Baltimore's one of the top two or three teams in it, football. But what, the way they ended up doing it, driving against the Steeler defense when the backs were... 40 getting, yards. I mean, yeah, I, I guess what I'm saying is, listen, the line in that game was like pick, mm-hmm. or I think Pittsburgh might even be a slight favorite, but like one. So it was pick the winner. The fact they won the game is, imp- is, is that mean they overperformed. I agree, but it was by the slimmest of margins. Right. They did go into New England also for their, one of their two losses. They had New England on the ropes. They were up 10 in the fourth quarter. So this team is fundamentally sound. The only time that I think that some people look at Baltimore is I think they play to the level of their competition. And when they, you know, they played a bad game against Buffalo, they were lucky to beat Buffalo. But I'm going to go back to this Atlanta Falcon team. People are going to look last week, and they're going to say they barely got by Tampa Bay. They had to have a goal line stand at the end of the game to preserve that, that win 27-21 against uh, Tampa Bay. But I look at it differently. They were coming off their bye week, and I know a lot of people say, well, that's even more reason that Tampa Bay should have been even, you know, had a better performance coming off the bye. I look at bye weeks in the NFL. When you go into the bye on a roll, it's like a timeout in a basketball game. It's a momentum stopper. You know, you're stopping your streak. Plus the fact they knew that they had to come back in four days and play this game. This is a big game. A lot of people, this is could this be... Big, a bigger game than the interdivisional game? It's, against, if, they, if Atlanta loses that game and then Tampa, against Tampa and Tampa has the next game at home, uh, the division's in serious question. The division's in serious, but if you're going to make that next step and be a serious Super Bowl contender, this is the type of team you have to beat. And you, you have get, to beat Tampa Bay, too. You have to beat Tampa Bay, too. But they did beat them. But that's the thing. They, they won the game. I mean, the NFL, I think we've seen now. We've heard about parity for a long time. We're to the point, if you win the game, you've done well mm-hmm. in most spots. I don't think you've got to spend too much time explaining why Atlanta underperformed last week. At most, they underperformed by three or four points. I mean, if they end up winning that game, if they were up, 11 late instead of 7, that plays that the goal line wouldn't have mattered. They would have either won by 11 or 4. So they they might have underperformed by a field goal. I think we don't even think about that. The question is, well, let me make your case for you because I think we're getting off on stuff that doesn't matter. You're you're thinking Atlanta is almost as good as Baltimore. You're thinking that because this is a statement game that – there's going to be a, a, a frenzied crowd, similar to what the Saints had against the Steelers. And you figure Baltimore's traveling on a short week. And you're picking the winner. Picking the winner. And then 
I'm going to. I do, love it. Well, I'm going to put one other factor in, and you've heard me use the teaser handicap. If you sit and look at this game, and because of the way Baltimore plays and the way Atlanta doesn't generally blow people out, if you do the seven-point teaser here and take a, take Baltimore to eight. That just looks really, really good. I don't think anybody would expect Atlanta to blow this Baltimore team out. And with you, if the teaser looks too good to be true, you want to go the other way. Absolutely. But, but again, I think this is a value play, is you got a team that may be almost as good. I mean, let's just say for the sake of argument, Baltimore's a point or two better. And I'm not sure that's true. But let's say it is true. Is and, and it probably is. So let's say it is true. One, you're, the fact that you've got a minus one here is you're off a three, because if the teams were even, it would be three. So right. coming off a three is key. So that's advantage Atlanta, because all points are not created equal, and coming off a three is key, right? Number two, the, travel, the, the two days are, you know, you play Sunday, right. and, 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 and then you are traveling. You know, and again, Miami, though they didn't perform well, it was a physical team. Mm-hmm. Your whole schedule is messed up. I mean, this is unlike any other circumstance. And you're probably going to have mo- more home field with the Falcons. And this, this will be one of the top seven games in the whole season for home field advantage. I love it. I, that's why I'm making it a best bet. I have Atlanta winning 27-17. I have them winning by 10 points. And Matt Ryan to make that record 18-1 and straight up at home. All right. Coupon. Oh, okay, now. With one of our best bets each week, we give a coupon away, and we usually do it with the earlier best bets since this is a Thursday game. Marco? Well, college basketball started this week, so to get uh, basketball in everybody's minds, we're going to make the coupon the word hoops and the number 10. Just spell out hoops and a number 10 behind it, and you'll pick up $10. Enter it in the coupon code when you check out, and if the package happens to only be $10, it's free. All right. Now it's your turn to continue the conversation in the comments section. And next up, we're going to be talking about the other Thursday night game in college, or this one's in college, Pitt at Connecticut on ESPN. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. Pitt at Connecticut, Thursday night ESPN football. Typically, Marco, I turn to you, but I'm going to take the lead on this one. I'm giving the projection. Pitt is underrated. This team, Vegas in their rankings, their power rankings, has Pitt the 20th best team in the country. AP has them 33rd. So a 13-spot difference. with Pitt, you know, AP's not, they're not even in the list. They're down there in the other votes. Yeah. 33rd against 20th. So on one hand, I, I, I'm going to have a lot of trouble going against Pitt because they're so, it's, you know, situationally, whatever, they're, they're underrated to the degree it's going to be hard to think there's value going against them. But with Connecticut, they've covered, they've got a good coach. This has been a disappointing year, starting with that Michigan loss. But they do well, you know, they seem to get up for these Thursday games and these Friday games. And they've covered seven of eight as a home dog. So I think you've got a pit team, that's underrated. You've got a Connecticut team in a good spot. And, and, and again, anytime you look at these Thursday games, well, let me just say this. So I actually have an opinion on the total. 
but I've kind of monologued here. Give us what you see as one or two of the key handicapping well, points. Well, the reason Pitt's flying under the radar is because they have three losses. Anytime you look at a team with three losses, you don't give them any respect. But we always talk about goals. Pitt controls their own destiny for what had to be the goal for this season. They weren't going to win a national championship. Their goal was to get to a BCS Bowl. And that is, the plan is perfect right now. They're undefeated in Big East play. They control their own destiny all the way out. So you're going to get a focused pit club. The problem is we got Coach Wanstad, and Dave Wanstad's been a coach that through his career. That's funny. The problem is the coach. Well, we've talked about situations with, uh, I'll bring up Jim Tressel with Ohio State. Dave Wanstad, kind of the same breed. When he gets to these big games, he has a tendency to coach not to lose instead of coaching to win. And it lets teams hang around, and it's dangerous with laying points with Dave Wanstead. So that's the concern that you've got to have here. And you already gave the stat about how good Connecticut is as a home dog. And they've already shown this season in a similar situation against West Virginia that they could you know, pull off the upset at home. So that's why right now I'm on the fence, because I've I got things that support Pitt, but I've got things that support Connecticut as well. And you're off, I mean, you're, you spent 47 years? 46 years in, in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh and, and you're connected when it comes to the Steelers, when it comes even to the Pirates. You still connected with the Pirates? <laughs> I try to disconnect, but I can't. <laughs> and, and then the Pitt, uh, you know, basketball and football. Yeah. So we'll be looking for, you know, we're taping on Wednesday. I'll be looking forward to your opinion on this. I actually like the under. And it's a pretty kind of old-school handicap. You've got a pit team that's, that's really motivated. You've got a good home team. If anything, that home crowd helps you on defense more than it helps you on offense. Because mm-hmm. the best you can ever be is quiet. So on <laughs> offense, it's fine. You know, they're quiet, which is cool. But Pitt's going to have you know, potentially trouble with the crowd on offense. I like the under here. I think there's real value. In fact, I'm going to make an a um, official projection. 24-20 pit, so right around the number, but clearly towards the under, okay. uh, right around the number on the side. Now, one thing we, I want to get in the habit of with our videos is whenever it's a Thursday game or Friday game, let's look at the scheduling. Is, is we really want to understand what it means, and we talked about in your best bet in the Baltimore-Atlanta game, is that Baltimore played Sunday, they're on the road Thursday. That's the worst possible scenario. Here, we both, neither team played last Saturday. So the Thursday night scheduling effect, I think, is pretty neutral. Absolutely. And you'll find in the college football, RJ, as we go through the season, most of the college teams do schedule their bye week before a Thursday game. But not always. That's not why, always. That's why we're here. That's why. Anything to close? Uh, nothing to close on this game. Uh, the Pitt offense, I will say this much, they've got a new identity the last few weeks. They've had trouble running the football this year, which has been their bread and butter in the past, and the quarterback's been playing at a better level. They've scored 106 points in their last three games, and they got the passing game working a little bit right now. So that might open up the running game for them because teams start, you know, can't stack the box. Now it's your turn to continue the conversation in the comments section with Marco and me. And next up, we're moving to Friday, and we're looking at Boise State at Idaho. For free real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit PregameLines.com. Boise State at Idaho, Friday night ESPN2 action. Marco, what should betters be looking at? 
Well, RJ, this is a big spread on Friday night, 34 and a half points. And I'm going to look at this game, and I know me and you will disagree probably with this, but I'm concerned about the Boise State motivation. They're undefeated, but we talk about goals in the national championship is definitely what this team had their sights set on. I don't think they have any shot at the national championship because of the way TCU won last week. There's three teams in front of them. TCU's not going to lose a game the rest of their schedule. You know, it'll take a miracle. And then you would have to have both Auburn and Oregon lose for them to get into a consideration for the national championship. All right, so I do disagree, and I disagree for a couple of reasons, actually. I could disagree two separate times and I think make my case. But I like what you're thinking here in that at least it's sophisticated. Because to me, if something's obvious, it's already built in the line. If Tom Brady's out, it's in the line. If you know, Favre's out, et cetera. But the fact of the matter, Favre's never out. But <laughs> we'll be talking about Favre. But the fact of the matter is, I disagree here, and there's a couple reasons. One, it wasn't just a couple years ago that West Virginia was a 28-point favorite. All they had to do was win the game to play in the national title. And this is the year High State and LSU played, and LSU had two losses. It was against Pitt in the backyard brawl. And 28 points. It's one thing to talk about interstate or rivalries and all that. 28 points. That happens, you know, very less than 1% of the time. And lo and behold, West Virginia loses. I mean, Oregon's a good team. They're playing Arizona at this point. Auburn is likely going to be an underdog, forgetting is Cam Newton going to play or not, or is he going to be suspended at any point. And then even if they win that, I mean, Georgia, even now with Newton, they're a seven-point favorite. I mean, right now, Auburn's chance of um, going undefeated is far less than 50% right now. Auburn is the candidate of the team. Candidate, it's less. You want to bet? We'll bet $500 they don't go undefeated. Do you want, would you take that bet? No, it wouldn't. Because uh, you think it's less than right. 50%. But there's a flip side, there is a flip side to that. If the teams behind Boise that have the one loss win out, like LSU. Uh, LSU, is every BCS expert, now you're getting out of your expertise, and I'm just quoting the, the guys that are the BCS experts, LSU won't even, can't even make the title game. They're not going to put a one-loss LSU team that doesn't even make the SEC championship over Boise. If anything, there's a backlash right now that Boise's not going to get their chance. If somehow uh, Auburn and Oregon, well, that'd be, that'd be very interesting, and it'd be TCU-Boise. For the but, third year in a row yeah, in the ball. <laughs> but it'd be for the national championship. But let, let's talk, let's forget about what is the practical likelihood of either Oregon or Auburn losing, or, uh, or both of them losing, as you said, in that case. But let's talk about public perception, but not for betting, but in the bowls. Is last week... If I would have said, if TCU wins out and Boise wins out, who's favored to uh, be ahead of each other? What would you have said? If TCU and Boise yeah. wins out, I still would at TCU. Well, but Boise was ahead of them. I mean, the point I'm making is public perception. If you would have, there was more talk about TCU in the last four days than there's been about TCU the entire season because they've had a statement win. If Boise can beat Nevada in a similar way, I'm not saying necessarily that they're going to pass TCU. Vegas believes TCU is the better team. I'm not sure they're wrong. But 
I can't believe that Boise thinks that it's an impossibility. Not only can, like you said, two of those teams lose, uh, or two of the three teams lose, though TCU's even less of a chance of losing, but hell, they're not even 28, I don't think, this week, the way West Virginia lost. So, I mean, San Diego State's like 7-2. and two. So, it, I don't think they're thinking our dream is dead. For two reasons, they might be able to leapfrog them. Uh, if anything, I think they're going to be m- maximally motivated. Well, it, it's again, it's two ways to look at the game. But one thing that I will say to you that when we talk as a handicapper, okay, let's say, you know, which one of us is right or wrong. I can tell you this much. I'm going to get the value looking against Boise. For sure. But there's got to be a reason. There's going to be the public perception is going to be Boise needs style points. That's a good point. And they're going to run it up. And Vegas knows that. So Vegas is going to put a tariff on, you know, Boise the rest of the way. I agree. The question is a a tariff or a premium assumes it's not warranted. Is it warranted, though? That, the, Boise has better – I don't have the, their ATS right here, but they have a good ATS record this year. They do. I, I don't have it in front of me either, but this, this team goes out and takes care of business. I mean, I, I could have made the case – like one of the things we're going to talk about later is Notre Dame is a team that I like to fade whenever mm-hmm. I can. There's a premium on them. And you've had a great record right. in the Notre Dame games, and we'll get to that. But – I can enter every Notre Dame game and say I either want to fade them or I want to pass the game. I mm-hmm. very rarely want to look Notre Dame because the premium, there's no reason to have the premium. It's just their alums and they're, you know, the old school lovers of Notre Dame. But with the Boise quote-unquote premium, it's only a premium if it's, if it's not warranted. And my question is with a team who is motivated for style points, they can score almost at will against some of these opponents. Isn't it, it, isn't it almost like a dream scenario? If I was playing a, a four-foot seventh grader in basketball and you said, okay, I'm, you know, it's going to be a game to 30 and I'm going to spot you know, the spot. Maybe it should be 14, but I'm going to make it 18 because of the premium. People's going to mm-hmm. see you're 5'10 or whatever, you know, you're, you're mm-hmm. this tall. But the fact is, if I could choose to never let that kid score, I don't care if you make the line 29. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can cover it any time. Doesn't Boise, isn't, aren't they able to almost pick the score against some of these teams? Some of these teams, they are. One, two factors that I'll give you. One is for Boise, one's against them. Boise's playing an in-state rival. It, it Idaho, so this absolutely. They beat them 11 straight times. They, they have. But this is, this is, you know it, what the average score? I bet you don't know that. It's huge. What is it? I'm going to say they probably beat them by 40. Uh, the average is 33 points over 11 wins. So this whole idea of this in-state rivalry, that, that seems to go out the window. But, you know, how many times will we make that a Friday night home game for them? So you've got some elements there. But on the flip side to that, if there is a game for Boise, if they're going to go for style points, you want to go for style points on TV. On, on TV. So I will, I, I, will, I will give you that. You're starting so to like, boy, I've no. never converted you. You want to change your projection? No, my projection's right around the no. I'm going to no. give you one more. Give me one more. <laughs> Last six, road favorites are bad bats typically, right? Mm-hmm. I always see people say, oh, he's a square. He's playing road favorites. Of the last 16 times the Boise's been a road favorite, how many times have they covered? I'm going to probably go 13. I saw you hunched over my notes. 13 and 3 as a road favorite. I, I mean, this team thrives 
running up the score on the road against inferior opponents. I hate going against what seems to be or going with a premium, but I'm not sure there is a premium, and, and maybe that's my side. We each had a subtle point here. Well, Give us your projection. I've got it 48-17, Boise. I'm not going to make an official pick. It's, you know, we're a little bit under the number, but this is a game that I'm, I'm not going to have for my clients. All right. Now it's your turn to continue the conversation in the comments section with Marco and me. And next up, this will be the last uh, actual audio podcast, and you'll go to the next one, and we'll be talking about Saturday and Sunday and Monday football. And if you're watching on video, well, just go to the next video.